Dear Subjects, 291 days ago we became our own nation. Our nation, aptly named home, has since had a 262-day blackout, changed our currency, and have been helped out of the darkness by the good people of Lillibel. We now find ourselves in the midst of an election, an election in which you can vote, comment, and even run. With you as the citizens and me as your news anchor, we explore the culture, history, politics, and economics of this young nation. With that said, let us get on with the broadcast. Welcome home. Today's broadcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Through your engagement on Reddit at r slash dear subjects and on Twitter with at dear subjects, you keep the show running. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash dear subjects, where for as little as $1 a month, you'll have access to our metasodes, bonus episodes discussing the creation of the broadcast itself. Today we have a very important guest in the studio, but first we wanted to give an update on the story published on reddit.com slash r slash dear subjects earlier this week. The man, Easton Kurtworth, found ancient artifacts and treasure worth an estimated 6.3 million bells. The way he tells the story is, quote, I was just walking in the Blackwood forests when I stumbled upon some ruins. Ruins aren't all too uncommon round there. But then I saw something glinting in the sunlight. I dug around it, and there you go, treasure. Easton went on to explain that he doesn't plan to sell or donate the treasure right away, saying he's been fascinated by ancient cultures since he was a child and hopes to learn something first. The good news is that there's no government to tax his findings, although I reckon the International League of Historians will be knocking on his door any day for their own studies. Speaking of government, as you all know, we at MECO, the media corporation at home, have been asked to host these discussions and conversations and question and answer periods in order to facilitate this election. We're looking forward to sharing it with you. Remember to stay tuned because we'll be having conversations on the Constitution, on economics, and education, and taking your questions. Now, I'm about ready to jump into this conversation, but first, I want to clarify some of the rules for this election. We have a few candidates who have signed up who will be communicating their ideas and their thoughts. Now, we're going to vote for them. They'll take the top job, as it were, in their own political system. And then what will happen is that they will organize that system and get it ready for another election later in the year. Now, we're looking forward to this conversation, and and I think it's about time we get on with it. Today's guest is Rob Denton. And he is he is excited to be here. He's excited to share a little bit about his story with us and excited to share his thoughts for the future of this young nation. Welcome, Rob. Now, you contacted the Elections Commission saying that you wanted to run. Would you be able to elaborate a little bit on why it was that you wanted to run in this election? 
Well, my father was in the Norwardian military, and uh, he was garrisoned here, so I grew up here my whole whole life. And after home was released and the power went out, um, it was very hard to try. I wanted to keep order in the country as best as I could. No vigilante justice or anything, just making sure everybody in my neighborhood was all right. And after I saw what had happened once the power came back on and there was no real sense of leadership, I wanted to give that to the country. I was taught by my father to be proud in the things that I do, and I want to be proud in helping build this country. That is fantastic. So you really do consider yourself a homie first and foremost then? Absolutely. Now, as we go throughout these sessions, we're going to start first off with an individual interview with you, the candidate, and discuss your idea for government design or constitution. Now, can you give me a little bit of insight into the ideals and principles that your government would be based on? The ideals and principles I would have is absolute freedom of the individual. Now, I believe that everybody is a free-thinking mind and can make their own decisions. They don't need government interfering in their lives. Should they want to open a private business or work for a business or join the military, whatever they may want to do, that is their choice. And I want to allow the citizens of home to have this opportunity through my government. From what I've found, homies are incredibly independent people. And and it's fantastic to see that we have this independence now and that we will get to choose our government. So what kind of structure, I guess, would you set up to enact those principles and encourage that individuality? The government will be set up as a bicameral legislation with a House of Representatives and a Parliament of Ministers. Representatives are chosen by voting districts of home. So basically the people will be able to vote for the representative that they want to represent their district. Once this happens, the representatives will actually choose from a uh, from their own group a board of five ministers in or- order to oversee certain governmental functions. These will be uh, these ministers, I should say, will govern defense, energy, education, econo- uh, economics, and justice. Finally, the prime minister is voted on by both the House of Representatives and by the people in order to uh, balance the powers of both the people and the government to an extent. Hmm. Uh, Still allowing the people, obviously, to vote. But the way that it works, if you're a representative, um, you get the consensus from your voting district. And once you get that consensus, the representative can either vote for the popular candidate, which is hopefully what happens, or if they believe in their own personal beliefs that the other candidate is better they can still vote for that candidate but then the people have the option to petition that in order to keep everything balanced and make sure that the rights of the individual are not infringed upon in order to avoid a tyrannical government right so i think i understand you have two houses the ministers in one and that's a house of five correct correct and then you have the representatives in the other and the representatives are voted by district, Mm -hmm. um, which of course I'm assuming during your tenure that you would set this up, uh, organize those voting districts. Yes, just to uh, make sure everything is in order and that equal population distributions are given. Right. And then once you you organize this, um, what what sort of qualities uh, do you think would be important for the role of a representative? I don't think there is any important qualities other than being positively minded. I believe anybody should be able to be a representative in order to get their ideas out there and on the board. 
because if you just have like certain people joining the House of Representatives in order to keep an ideal or belief, then that's not true freedom. It's mm. just simply keeping the same status quo and nothing changes. It'll basically be what we had with Norward's rule, but in a smaller scenario. And that was a very unpopular rule for home. Interesting. Interesting. I like that. Um, and I, th- I think having the having the people decide like that and having them choose is uh is absolutely vital so how do you balance the the powers then between um the top job what is it uh prime minister will the, be the head prime minister is the head um so how do you balance the powers of the prime minister with the powers of the house of representatives as well as the house of ministers so the house of ministers is the intermediary between the prime minister and the house of representatives the house of representatives can present a law and then they will vote on it which needs over 50 percent in order to pass through the house of representatives once this bill is passed it reaches the minister of that according law so if you pass a new education bill it would have to reach the minister of education interesting and the prime minister and the minister of education would both look over this law and also with the help of the minister of justice they would look over Uh, make sure that this law is something that they believe is good for the people, and then they can institute that. The minister's minister's job is more of an advisory role, a cabinet role. However, it is incredibly important because if the prime minister strikes down one of these laws, it can get petitioned by the House of Representatives to be sent back through, and then the ministers can vote... uh, whether or not this law is to be instituted and override the rule of the prime minister. and But because it is five ministers right now, it would need three out of the five votes in order to pass. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, it seems like in your ideal government that there's a lot of back and forth between the representatives, the ministers, and the prime minister. Now, what what kind of effect do you think that has? Because aren't you concerned that that'll slow down the process? While I am concerned that it may slow down the process, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. Laws sometimes need to be meditated upon in order to make sure that they are the correct choice for the people. For example, say there's a fledgling law passed on the economy, for example, that wasn't very well thought through, and the Prime Minister and the Minister of Economics both consider this not to be a very good bill to institute, they can strike it down and then the House of Representatives sees this and they they can either say, oh, we're going to try and overrule this law by passing it through the ministers or they will uh, go back and rewrite the law, make sure that everything is correctly put into place essentially in order to make it better for the people. And then the minister and uh, prime minister can overlook this law and then say, okay, this is a good idea, and then pass it through. It simply checks and balances to make sure that one uh, house doesn't have power over the other completely. Right. That's very interesting. One thing that I think is particularly interesting about your organization is that the five ministers almost act in a cabinet position, as you mentioned. And in this, in this, kind of vain though uh, most other countries around the globe have cabinets of sorts but they're chosen by the prime minister so what do you Mm -hmm. think the effect of having this cabinet or the house of ministers chosen by the representatives what kind of effect do you think that'll have on 
on how government is run. It, I believe it will simply be an extension of the people's will because they vote for the representative, the representatives vote for the minister. And this will, uh, it's a way of giving the people power, but not so much overwhelming power that, that it's just completely controlled. What we need to have is a balanced sense in between government and the population, however, maintaining liberty across the board. Hmm. That is very interesting. Um, and in the vein of liberty, how do you intend to implement these laws? The way that they will be implemented is specifically through the Minister of Justice. This is why it's an incredibly important position. They will choose, the Minister of Justice chooses their own cabinet as well of uh, esteemed lawyers, other politicians, and they will brainstorm ways of putting this into action with the help of the corresponding minister of the law. So if an education bill is passed, once again, the education, uh, the minister of education and the minister of justice would meet up and properly decide on how to institute this law into actual working effect. I like it. And I appreciate you coming in here tonight to share these thoughts uh, with the people of home. And, uh, and, and I look forward to having further discussions with you as we go throughout this short election cycle here. Thank you for having me on the show. And I am a pr I am proud to be a part of this. It's very exhilarating to be trying to make a basically build a country from scratch. I believe that being released by Norward is a fantastic opportunity to make something of ourselves. Fantastic. Thank you, Rob Denton, again. Rob's right. It is a fantastic opportunity, an opportunity that you have to participate and build this nation from the ground up to discuss the politics, the history, the economics, and the culture of this nation. In fact, you're not just discussing it, you're building it. Remember to join us on Reddit at r slash Dear Subjects and Twitter at Dear Subjects. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash dearsubjects, where, for as little as $1 a month, you'll have access to our metasodes, bonus episodes discussing the creation of the broadcast itself. Join us next week when we talk to your second candidate. This broadcast is produced by Nightworthy Media House in collaboration with the InFiction Media Corporation at Home, or MECO and is recorded at Madison Liberty Institute in Rexburg, Idaho, as part of the SparkCast project. Our production team includes Raven Campos and myself, Alex Williams. Our theme music is by Joseph Cordara. And the world is based on the world created by William Richard Redlich. And a special thank you for Rob Denton for joining us as this nation's first candidate. Until next time, good luck on your own.